Chad, how are you doing today? Oh, thanks for asking. Okay, well, late. we're at the Automation Town Sports Court today. Beautiful new facility we've built, thanks to the first couple sponsors. Thank you very much. We got a tennis court, tetherball, and a pickleball court here. Chad and I like to play a bit of pickle during the lunch hour. Everything all right, Chad? I'm a little angry, but thanks for asking. Angry at me? No, just angry in general. There is this person, but for another time. Okay. So this is going to sound weird, but I actually have an automated way of dealing with people who make me angry. Let's do this. I'm Jason. I'm Chad. Welcome to Automation Town, where regular people try to automate the problems we all share. Chad, you are one of the most earnest and kind people I think I've ever known, but everybody gets mad sometimes, right? So. Today we're going to start by hopping in the old Wayback Machine. Let me get this started here. Hang on. Doesn't always turn over on the first try. Hang on. Okay. Think back. What is the last time that you got super mad? Walk us through it. Just angry. So the year was 19... 94 and I had this really high quality Patrick Waugh goaltender Montreal Canadiens hockey card jeez Louise you're Canadian and my brother ruined it took it out of its case put it in the bicycle completely destroyed put it in the bicycle you know cards go in the back of the bicycle to make it oh I was mad yeah and that's almost 30 years ago but I think about that to this day. Jeez Louise. Let's land this thing. You're turning red. Do you need a minute to cool off? Yeah. Okay, so what if we had a quick and easy way to express our disdain to fellow humans? Not something that you just, you do flippantly or irresponsibly, but sometimes you just need a little way to signal that, hey, we're not cool but not something that's gonna be a bunch of work. You got delivery services for fruit baskets, for, you know, here's a box of 12 Asian pears and assorted blocks of cheese, but not like, here's a paper bag of dog poop. Like you don't have similar things for expressing your disdain with people. Are you saying that after 28 years, I can finally get back at my brother? What I'm telling you, Chad, is the next time your brother wrongs you, with the click of a button, you're gonna be ready. It's about preparedness. So I'm excited for this. Take a step back. What are the ways that we could express through automated channels our disdain for someone? That's gotta be creative, not just sending a salty email or text message. How would you think about automating something like this? Depends. Do you want it to be like vindictive? They know who you are and that you did this thing? Or completely anonymous. Ooh, let's explore both rabbit holes and just see how deep this goes. Fine. If this was not anonymous, how angry were you? Like, what what level of anger are we trying to be vindictive to somebody here? Level one through ten. What are we doing? You know, for me, it takes a lot for me to express my disdain for someone, and you're Canadian, so I got to think we're both pretty close to a ten if we're sending this thing off. <laughs> I was thinking like a three. Okay. I mean. We could probably do some pretty horrible things at a 10. So let's just say for illustrative purposes only, we're doing like three to five. Something something tame, but automated. 
So if I know JSON, it's got to involve some sort of button or form or something that will, will set this automation off. And maybe it has something to do with the degree of the attack sure. <laughs> or something. The level of the offense, yeah. Right. So if it's a mild offense and you've initiated this thing, maybe you want to mail something. Maybe you want to sign somebody up for something. Maybe you want to send cat facts every day, six times a day. I like that. There's all kinds of stuff you could do. And we already figured out the fax automation. <laughs> so if you had some information about somebody, you would use it, whether it's an address, an email address, a phone number. And I've got to guess that what you're building is is some sort of, if it's not repetitive, it's to send something that shows your disdain or just the inquisitiveness of how bothered you were, almost like confusing somebody. I could also see you signing somebody up for something sure. for a really long time, making it hard yep. to unsubscribe. <laughs> so let's think some sort of input, some sort of approval, some sort of maybe mailing or signing up of the email address and then moving on. We're getting a lot of good ideas out of this. We may have to do some follow-up episodes on this, but if like a severed horse head in the bed is a 10 and a passive aggressive email is a one, this is probably a five or a six. What I'm going for here is to send a relatively subtle message. I'm okay if they know it came from me. It can come with a gift receipt, but just a, a subtle way to express your disdain with what's transpired. So are you familiar with the expression? Um, it's an expression people use when they're really mad at someone. Uh, the expression, a bag of ducks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Where are you going with this bag of ducks analogy, Jason? Well, I did some searching online just for tasteful bags of ducks. And what I found, why don't I send this link to you? Oh, it's on Amazon. So makes it even easier. Yeah. So Kiko assorted rubber ducks with mesh bag, 50 ducklings, two inch uh, for kids, sensory play, stress relief, novelty, etc. So... It's a variety of colorful ducks, 35 American dollars. They come in a mesh bag, and it's just a really nicely done bag of ducks. Oh, geez, you can get a mesh bag that's a duck shape. That's separate. That's $10. And it comes tomorrow. You're stocking so many of these that you get them right away. Yeah, I'm a few days out, so they must have the bag of duck warehouse right by you. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice passive-aggressive message to deliver. There might be confusion. They might understand. But you send that off with a gift receipt, maybe just sign your name. Could they return it at that point? So it sent me down the rabbit hole of how do we buy something off of Amazon through an API? So we talked about this in one of our earliest episodes. I think it was the sending a handwritten letter and extending that to gifting and triggering buying things via API. Mm -hmm. So I went down that rabbit hole and it's really fascinating. It's not as much of a thing as you would expect for there to be. Amazon doesn't offer their own first party API to do this. Plenty of APIs to exchange information, but not to actually make purchases. Mm -hmm. So what I stumbled into is a service that I think has basically just built bots over the top of Amazon and they hold up their own API. And when you make an API call, then those bots go out and crawl the website and kind of do all of the commands that you tell them to do. And hopefully they buy the right thing. Yeah, and you hope they buy the right thing. 
And they've actually done it pretty intelligently where you can put parameters around maximum price and stuff like that. It's actually pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is called Zinc API, Z-I-N-C-A-P-I.com. Zinc the buy API, order from Amazon, Walmart, AliExpress, and more with a post, that being a, a, a post to an API. So they started with Amazon and now they're integrating with other stores. The premise kind of being it's like this single place you can go to order items that you've actually already identified. So it's not as if it's finding or picking the items for you. It's I have this item and on some sort of recurring basis or something like that, I want to make these orders. And actually the gifting thing we talked about before. The pizza belt. The pizza belt. This is amazing. Yeah, it's a great use case for this. So if you have like a Slack bot where you're like, oh, I want to buy a gift between 20 and 30 bucks and there's a few options there, you want to send it out to a client, this could absolutely handle that for you. Mm, love it. So this is not something that has a native connection to Zapier or Make or anything like that. It's just an API. So I had to actually do the hard work of figure out how to make an API call as a normie. But as we talked about in the API episodes, the API connector tools we use, Zapier and Make, actually make this relatively easy or much simpler than having to build out the code yourself for it because the UI kind of puts it on rails for you. So I'll kind of walk you through what I did and it wasn't actually too bad. While you're thinking, this reminds me of those old tide buttons. I don't remember the year that they were there, like mid-teens, like 14, 15, 16, up to like 19 or 20. There was like a five-year or six-year period where you could get an Amazon button and like reorder Tide by pressing a button next to your washing machine. And I think they were even free or something, right? They had like branded ones for Tide and all these different things. <laughs> but then they got rid of them because people could now do something like, you could set up reorders on a schedule and that's what Amazon was pushing more. Subscribe and save. Okay, so in Zapier, I'm using webhooks by Zapier. This would presumably be an action that was triggered by something else. So your trigger is going to be whatever you want, you know, an Airtable form, something like that, that captures the address, the name of the person you want it sent to, that sort of thing. So I didn't actually build out a trigger for this, but presumably you have some sort of duckbot. Duckbot? Duckbot, where you're interacting with this thing. Duckbot? Yeah, duckbot. You're interacting with this thing and it's defining the parameters of what you're going to send, the address, recipient, maybe a price limit, that sort of thing. So you could do that via Slack, you could do it via Airtable form, you could do it via SMS, doesn't really matter. You would have some sort of trigger and the action is what makes this API call to Zinc. So the action in Zapier is webhooks by Zapier. The event type is a post and under that you define the they call them key value pairs that will give the API all the information that it needs to make that order. So on the one hand, you have the name of the data point and then the value for that data point. And I think this is actually a relatively good example of how it's becoming more accessible for normies like me who don't know how to code to create their own API calls. So you got to go to the Zinc API docs. So it's docs.zincapi.com. And there's an orders section and it tells you how to create an order. Your API call is made up of attributes, some of which are required, some are not required. And so a few of the required attributes are retailer. Where are you buying this from? Is this Alibaba? Is this Amazon? Is this Amazon UK? Product ID, shipping address, stuff like that. These are attributes of the API call. And you basically just go down the API docs, you grab the required attributes, and then in Zapier, 
you put the name of that attribute. So for example, retailer, and then for the value of that attribute, you put Amazon. Default, just Amazon is the US Amazon. And it wasn't that bad. Alongside that in the docs, they even have an example API request and like how it would all be formatted out in code. And that's actually kind of helpful to see alongside what you're doing to make sure you're doing it all right. But a few more things this API enables. Basically, you can set up the shipping method. So do you wanna to try to expedite if possible? You can actually provide a list of products if you wanna buy multiple things, billing address, payment method, all the normal things that you would hand off in the UI of Amazon. And this is actually a required field is the max price. So if one day something's 10 bucks and the next day it's a thousand bucks, they're gonna make you put a ceiling on that, which I guess is smart, that shouldn't be optional. Uh, whether or not it's a gift, so you can make it a gift, put uh, like enable the gift wrapping option and put that little note, that salty note for the person in there on the gift receipt. And that's just the required attributes. You go down the list of optional attributes, there's just a whole bunch more stuff, max delivery days, filters around how it's text. You can set up a webhook so that when it's delivered, it will call a webhook and let you know, hey, we just delivered this thing. Or if it failed. Yeah, or if it failed. So really cool. Like kind of interesting. In some ways it's like, if you think of you know the gift buying use case that we had before, totally makes sense to wire that up to a use case like that. If your company does client gifting on a recurring basis, it would let you define, here's the 30 things and the price limit that we're gonna let you gift to our clients. And then it can be up to the team to put the message in there, pick which item makes sense. You know, if somebody sends you a referral, maybe you've got a list of referral gifts that we send to the people that make those referrals. And you could absolutely connect this to the back end of an Amazon form or a bot in Slack or something like that to put boundaries around how these orders are made and let people kick that stuff off in an automated way. You can also control, it looks like here, the payment methods. So you remember one of our very first sponsors, Float card up in Canada. Float? Float can also create unlimited virtual credit cards like a lot of the other players in the US can. And imagine being able to spin up a card or use these virtual cards versus having to use the regular numbers. Because when you're submitting this post through Zapier or through whatever API you're using, whatever system you're using, you do have to put in the number and the security code and the month and the year and the name on the card and the billing address, uh, all in plain text. So really good use case. I'm not sure what the problem here is here, Chad. Somebody could interrupt it and they could grab your number or Zinc could use so it. So you could spin up a virtual card and basically have like ephemeral cards that just are single use, right? Yeah, single use, it doesn't matter. I learned a fun fact, we'll never run out of credit card numbers apparently. So I used to feel really guilty spinning up credit card numbers because I thought we would run out and I just didn't want to be that person that was like causing us to run out of credit card numbers in the world. It was you. <laughs> but now I know the math makes sense that we can't really run out. So yeah. Once we get past climate change, that'll be the next thing is we're going to run out of numbers <laughs> and you're going to be the equivalent of all the people driving SUVs because you were just pumping out ephemeral cards. Or the people that don't return carts at shopping centers. They're causing climate change? Or you just don't like them in general? They just bother me. Maybe that's the last time I got angry. It's like seeing all these carts. 
don't know. Get a name and address next time. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. I like it, Jason. That was a really good overview of, of actually buying something. I'd, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable testing it out on some smaller items before we go all $34 on the bag of ducks okay. through the duck bot. I wonder if you could buy gift cards through this too, as some sort of internal gift card purchasing and have them be delivered. So what are some ways you could think about using this besides creating a duck bot and sending bags of ducks to the people that make you angry? What are some more kind of everyday use cases for kicking off automated purchases like this? So I'd want to start by understanding who are all of the retailers that it works with. Because sometimes when you work backwards, you get inspiration or ideas. So if we go to Zinc API, Z-I-N-C-A-P-I.com. Do you call it Z or Z? That's a Z for the native English-speaking Americans. So Z-I-N-C-A-P-I. This is not a long list, but it is a good list. So Amazon, Amazon UK, Canada, Germany, Mexico. Costco. Whoa. Now we're talking Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, and AliExpress. AliExpress. Interesting. I love Costco, but don't know if you can order a hot dog and a soda through the API. Only one way to find out. (laughs) That's right. Interesting use cases. What do we have? So here's the problem. You start getting into these things where like, oh, I could build this, but I bet you a lot of other people have already built the thing that you're thinking of whether it's corporate gifting or employee appreciation or buying a random thing. I mean, you would just probably just do it yourself, but like there's gotta be other tools that exist. And I know in the gift card space and in the corporate gifting space, it's just oodles and oodles of these products out here. So we try to sometimes over complicate things by thinking we actually have to build everything, but maybe we don't. So I kind of think about this as if any of those systems exist and they have limitations, now you're more aware of Zinc and you can say, huh, this only works in North America. So my UK customers, Germany customers, Asia Pacific customers with AliExpress, now you have another outlet without having to be a part of maybe another tool or another app that you could use this with. So you hit the nail on the head earlier with the pizza belt, episode one or two, somewhere in there. And that's great because you can hook up all of these gifts to a database of items make them really pretty on the front end to be able to select what comes through the gifting process and you buy it. I'm really happy that you found this because that is the solution to the problem that we ran into in that episode. You can still have the button. So if you were massively sad in 2019 or 2020 when the Tide button went away and the Tide Pods came in, you could create and get a button off Amazon that's Bluetooth that creates a scenario in Zapier and uses Jason's post webhook command to order another bottle of Tide or something else that's there. Or it sends you a text message and says, like, are you sure you want to buy this? I mean, Amazon's made it pretty easy to buy stuff off their app. So, I mean, right now we're just being trivial with stuff. But the real power is when maybe you don't want to give somebody access to your full Amazon account to be able to buy stuff. And that corporate gifting stuff could be more personalized than the gifts that might be existing there, like the Cheesecake Factory gift card that you wanted in that last episode or the bottle of wine that you can only get from one other place. So yeah, those are sort of how I think about it. When you came up with this, was there anything else that you had your eye on when it comes to alternative uses? To be honest, this whole thing started with the bag of ducks and just working backwards from there and how could we mail this in an automated way? And then I thought of more useful 
applications after that. I'm still hot on the gifting setup. I think that's really powerful. I think if you're really looking to automate something, a sequence of events, the upside of this is when you onboard a new client or you take a referral or something like that, this sort of thing can happen automatically even, not by anybody prompting it or triggering it or something like that, but something happens and a whole sequence of events kicks off. And this could just be one of those events. So the idea of doing something at a scale where you wouldn't want a user to have to trigger that thing, I think this becomes helpful there. In the world I live in, which is not that massive scale, I think the ability to pull something like this into our other systems is what I like about it. So what would keep me from going to a gifting service? As like you said, you're gonna have limited options there. It's not as if it's a complete representation of you know all the products that Amazon has. I super appreciate anytime I can pull a process into the tools that we already use. So if that's something where I can create an interaction in Slack where somebody can very easily do that, I appreciate that because it's not like adding more tech overhead to kind of the overload that we already have where we have too many apps. I do think this is a smart implementation from the standpoint that you've got some really helpful guardrails to put around it, around price, around maximum delivery date. Product IDs. Yeah. And the product IDs to themselves. Yeah. So you just can't buy anything. But the idea that if something's going to be delivered beyond a certain time threshold, it just won't be delivered. Like I do appreciate that there's some of that built into it. The idea that you can use webhooks to then close the loop and confirm delivery mm -hmm. so that it's not a guessing game. It's very well thought out. Really impressive that they actually support all of these retailers to that same level of depth as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not particularly expensive, right? A penny to call information and to push stuff through, and they charge a buck an order. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. There's a lot of these like micro pay as you go APIs, but I find the marketing speak of it is easy to digest. But when you start looking into the real meat and potatoes of what you're paying, Zinc also has a $100 minimum per month. Oh, really? Yeah. So a lot of these ones were. Even when you're faxing and those systems cost ten dollars, you know, maybe four cents a page, they might have a five or ten dollar a month minimum charge. Okay, so we're looking at three bags of ducks a month at least, right? Mm-hmm. Minimum three bags of ducks. Do you get mad three times a month? I don't get mad very much. That's not true. I've gotten mad more lately. Conversation for another time. Yeah, let's just keep moving past that. You wanna bring us home? Okay, let's take it back to feedback corner, whatever we're gonna call this last segment. Mm -hmm. Paul, cue up the feedback music. Feedback time. What did I not like about this? I'm ready. What I don't like about this is that to set it up in the beginning, you're not quite sure how it's gonna work. You have this skepticism built in with you. So there's also a bit of technical expertise you need in order to create that call because it's not inherently set up through Zapier or Make or any other ones. Can I come clean here? Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out. So here's where I, so here's where I got stuck is you have to pass in like objects and collections of objects that are structured in a very specific way. Yeah. And in Zapier, you can do it as a raw post. Mm -hmm. I spent about 10 minutes on it and then I gave up. If I were to do it all the way through, I think I would literally copy pasta the post that they give you and then just like swap out the variables. But also, if I did it successfully, what happens then? Would I actually have sent a bag of ducks? So I already got burned mailing that bird that I didn't mean to. So yeah. That's right. Test mode, everybody. Let's make sure we have test mode. So yeah, the technical gap exists. So that's, what, again, what I don't like about it. But once you come over that gap, 
I think that's what I do like is that there's controls and there is a lot of flexibility for you to build in what you like. I'll echo your piece about the day's delay to make sure that things are delivered or shipped within a certain number of days. That is really helpful, especially during gifting. And I really like the number of retailers that it uses. As a Canadian, we're often shafted to the side and don't really get any of the cool toys that other countries get. So to have Amazon Canada as something that you can search, get product offers, do details with, make an order, it's really cool that that exists. Well done, Jason. Thank you for introducing us to Zinc. I think it could be something that if we're into some sort of custom gifting scenario, this is probably what we would use. But would you actually use it? Did we actually solve a problem today? <laughs> we, hmm, did we solve a problem? You could log into Amazon and send the bag of ducks. You said that you don't get angry very often. So the frequency in which that we would need to send this to justify building an automation probably doesn't exist. Yep. This isn't sounding good. Let's go with, yes, I would use it if, oh, do we have to say if? This is all sounding very <laughs> charitable, Chad. Under these six circumstances, let's just say if we had to, we would. And we solve the problem of automating sending a bag of ducks. That problem we did solve, didn't we? Can't say we didn't. Yeah, that's true. We did, we did do that. <laughs> Automation Town is hosted by Chad Davis and Jason Statz and edited by Paul O'Mara. Share your problems with us on Twitter at Chad Davis. Is it just Chad Davis? Yeah. And J Stats CPA. How do you spell that? Stats S T A T S. It's a palindrome, but it has CPA at the end, so it's not a palindrome. Right. So if we're following along, J S T A A T S C P A. You did say it right. If you're enjoying the pod, please leave Automation Town a review by submitting a note in person at the Automation Town Civic Center or sending a fax to 555 908 8 